Good evening. So as we continue through Ordinary Time and the Gospel of Luke, we begin to hear woven through the Gospel readings the need to be ready, to be vigilant, to be awake. This weekend we're cautioned to be prepared for in an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. When we hear that line or lines like it, I think many of us take that to mean the need to focus on our personal end time and to strive to be what's often referred to as in the state of grace, for we do not know the time when we may die. Kind of taken to the extreme, using the words of theologian Brian McLaren, some build their spirituality as if it was an evacuation plan for the next world. That somehow our main concern in life is just focusing on what we need to do to get into heaven. But I think if we do that, we're missing the whole point of the gospel. Remember, grace and gift are synonymous. The grace we receive from God is the gift of God's love. It's bestowed upon each of us without any need at all to earn it. So the state of grace is the, simply the state of being present within God's love in the here and the now. For today's gospel tells us the Son of Man will come when you least expect it. That means today, tomorrow, whenever. Austrian Benedictine monk, Brother David Steidel Rast, writes the the following. The finality of death is meant to challenge us to decide to be fully present here and now, and so begin eternal life. For eternity is not the perpetuation of time, but rather the overcoming of time by the now that does not pass away. In other words, there's no need to wait until we die in order to collect our rewards in some heaven on high. Rather, we need to pay attention to what's right here and right now, where we will be rewarded sooner than you may think. So you see, the knock on the door just doesn't happen before we take our last breath. It happens all the time in our home, in our workplace, in our parish, in our country, in the entire world. So the question for all of us is whether we bother to hear or to see or to feel that divine knock. And if we do, how do we respond? We respond in the words of the gospel by eating and drinking and getting drunk. Meaning, are we just looking the other way? Are we just focused on our own personal salvation plan? Or do we need to spend more time being alert to recognize God in our lives today and to appreciate the wonder of God's presence in all things? To be drawn into it, to replicate it, to practice it, and how we live, but more importantly, to have the courage to call it out when we see it being ignored. See, for me, it's real easy to see the presence of God in my two grandsons. That's a no-brainer. And as painful as it has been these past weeks, it's easy for me to see God's presence in my dying mother-in-law. But do we recognize the presence of God in places and people that we may find it hard to love. 
Do we recognize the presence of God in those who are so different from us in the color of their skin, the God they pray to, or the person they love? Do we recognize the presence of God in the children who have died on the borders of our country in retention camps? Do we recognize the presence of God in the refugees we send back to their countries, many who may face death? Do we recognize the presence of God in the children who are homeless just in our own country, a number that's doubled in the past 10 years to two and a half million children? Do we recognize the presence of God in those who sit on death row and are now preparing to die after the recent lifting of a 16-year moratorium on the federal use of the death penalty? Do we recognize the presence of God in those who face various addictions and depression and the burden of just feeling so alone? We're reminded today to gird our loins and light our lamps and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open and immediately come forward when he knocks. Because if we're going to stay awake and be ready to see God when we die, and we better use every opportunity and practice to learn and see and appreciate God all around us here and now. To allow God to work through us and to cry out when God and the gospel are just being ignored. My wife Teresa and I just got back last week from visiting her parents outside Hershey, PA. They've been married 70 years. Her mom's 90 years old, and as I mentioned, she was recently diagnosed with glioblastoma and has just weeks to live. It's the same disease that took my dad in 2008, so our family knows what this journey looks like. So it's a blessing for us to be walking alongside of her and to witness her faith in the face of death. At our last visit, she was telling us she's not afraid to die because she knows that a place awaits her. She self-describes it as a beautiful sea with lots of fish to catch. For these mornings when she wakes up, she hears a voice inviting her to come and to fish. She has no fear for she knows what God's presence looks like and feels like because it's something that she's practiced throughout her entire life. Faced with many trials and tribulations and joys and sorrows, she's lived her life seeing God in all things and helping others to do the same. See, how you do anything is how you do everything. So after so many years of helping others, she now gets to witness and experience the presence of God in a different way as family and friends come together to help her on her last journey and thus to bring the kingdom of God to the present day. See, we all have our stories and we all have our challenges. We all have those hurdles in life that seem to be insurmountable. But through it all, God's always present when we least expect it loving us, embracing us, and asking us to do the same by listening to that divine knock through so many unexpected ways, with unexpected people, in unexpected places. 
We're told, do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Thus, the kingdom is yours. It's mine. It's ours right now. But it's up to each of us if we want to fully embrace it.